0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in everybody to another episode of the flagship podcast. I am chip Brown joined by our fearless leader. Um, you see that Mets picture behind her if you're watching on the. 24/ 7 sports YouTube channel as you should be, um, we call her son of the Miracle Met son. Hello, daughter. I mean, you're kind of a tomboy Taylor.
1: say, I may have a boy name, but come
0: yeah, on. you're kind of <laughs> one of the guys, but you're not one of the yeah, guys, you know sure. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, daughter <laughs> of Miracle Met's star Rod Gasper, who scored the game-winning run. In game four of the 1969 World Series. In fact, that's him doing that right there in that uh, painting behind her. The one and only Taylor Estes. Of course, you know, she used to be Taylor Gasper. Now she's married to my man, Ty Estes, who's a great guy. Should we say where he went to school?
1: He is an Aggie. So uh, that's uh, interesting. We... You know, I try to basically not talk about football, especially during the season, with him about anything with the SEC because, obviously, I cover Texas, so that means that I hate A&M and I'm a huge homer, <laughs> and if I say anything, even showing facts about this dance, it's uh, usually not good. So, yeah, we uh, we keep it pretty uh, neutral here in the, the Estes household, I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> well, this is going to be a really interesting year because both Texas and A&M have like 16 starters back. They got veteran quarterbacks. A&M has a really favorable schedule. Their toughest non-conference game is Colorado, which has a new coach and they're supposed to suck. So this could be a, a, a race to see uh, which of these 200-year rivals, I still call them rivals because if they talk about each other in their fight song, even if they don't play, they're rivals. Right. Oh, Yeah. It could be a race to see who can, who can uh, get to, you know, double-digit wins and maybe compete for. Well, for A and M, try to compete with Alabama and the SEC West. But for Texas, Taylor, I mean, this has got to be a Big Twelve title game year for the Longhorns.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're in year four. Tom Herman. Everybody who basically covers Texas has been pointing to this season as the one that's going to be the kind of not make or break for Tom Herman, but see kind of what he is as a a head coach at a big program like Texas. You know, when Texas in the 2018 season, when they made it to the Big 12 championship game, I think that surprised everybody, including the coaches on staff. I think that they were kind of like, whoa, we weren't expecting this. And then the expectations really, really um, went up the following year, and especially after winning uh, that Sugar Bowl against Georgia. But you know, this is the year that we've all been pointing to. There's no excuses. There's a senior quarterback who's a Heisman potential. Uh, You know, the Longhorns don't have the best schedule. And I think actually towards the end of the season will be a difficult run for Texas, especially that last game of the regular season against Oklahoma State. But, you know, there's the time for excuses are over. Tom Herman, he has his new staff in place, was able to revamp it after bringing the majority of his coaches from Houston with him when he was hired at Texas. So it's now or never chip, right? I mean, well,
0: yeah, I mean, look, Oklahoma state has 19 starters back. Oklahoma has 17 starters back, but Lincoln Riley going with a first time starter at quarterback, Uh guy's been in the program, knows the offense, but just doesn't have the game experience. It'll either be uh, Spencer Rattler or Tanner Mordecai. I think everyone thinks it's going to be Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. And, and so If you're going to get OU, uh, this is the time to get OU, and um, Taylor, that leads us in. And by the way, um, starting next week, we're going to give you two episodes of the flagship podcast, not just one. So you're going to get a flagship podcast interview on Monday, and then Taylor and I kicking around the, the hot headlines in Longhorn Land, on Wednesday,, yeah. so now you got to set your reminder and your phone to look for the flagship podcast on Monday mornings and Wednesday or Monday. Taylor's the boss here. I just show up. <laughs> but Taylor, when on Mondays, Wednesdays, what? By noon? Something yeah, so like
1: they're usually up by noon. Um, I try to get them up as early as possible with the interviews being, the start of the week, you know, it's going to be dependent on when we can get those interviews done. But by noon Wednesday, or Mondays and Wednesdays, you will always be able to catch the flagship podcast. And, you know, you can subscribe to the, uh, Horns 24 seven trio of podcasts over on iTunes. That way, whenever we have new episodes, there's right in your phone. You don't even have to search for it. They're right there. So make sure to head on over to iTunes and uh, subscribe to our Horns 24 seven podcast channel. While you're there, feel free to give us a five-star rating and review. And then also make sure to uh, go over to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel where you'll be able to see uh, our faces. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but you can see well, it video, the video, <laughs> the video um, aspect of the show as well. So, you know, there's a lot of ways that people can consume this, and I think this is an awesome, you know, going to be an awesome thing.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, look, do it for Taylor. Okay. Don't don't do it for me, but do it for Taylor. I mean
1: Do it for both. For both of son
0: I, mean, son, I keep calling you a son.
1: Jeez, she's man. The, what daughter, the, <laughs>
0: the daughter of my man Rod Gasper, the hero of the Miracle Mets in game <laughs> four of the nineteen sixty-nine World Series. So do it for Taylor. All right. And also, um, well, we were talking about Texas and OU and Taylor. That brings us into the hot news of the day today. Mm-hmm. Uh, not gonna lie, this one put a chill. Uh, through, my, through my spine, dampened my spirits a little bit. I'm trying to stay positive. I tell everybody to stay safe and keep the faith. I'm trying to tell myself that today. The State Fair of Texas is canceled for 2020. Right. Um, the greatest game day atmosphere in sports, the Red River Shootout, as of right now, continues. Um, and Taylor... I want to, I want to go to these statements here because everything about Texas and Oklahoma is a competition Yes. about the rivalry. Who did it better? Who's wearing it better? Who's playing it better? Mm -hmm. And I got to say, I love my man, Joe Castiglione. I talk, I talk to him all the time, known him for years. He and Chris Del Conte are two of the best athletic directors in the business,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but Chris Del Conte gets a 10 from this judge on the trying to stay positive tone of these statements about the state fair of Texas being canceled and not meaning, you know, not having the football game be canceled. Okay. Mm -hmm. As of right now, the football game, the red river shootout, the greatest game day atmosphere in sports is still on for October 10th. Can I, can I tell you the difference here? So my man Del Conte, who's like, Mr. Pollyanna positive. It says, you know, we respect the decision of the state fair of Texas, blah, blah, blah. We know the decision to cancel the fair was an extremely difficult one for everyone. Um, but he says, we fully anticipate that our annual Red River showdown with Oklahoma. Now, Del Conte, it's Red River shootout.
1: The PC crowd not like that, Chip. You guys uh, love that. I've had it.
0: <laughs> I've had it. It's been a million things. It's still the Red River Shootout. Just call it the Red River Shootout. All right, so we'll help him on that one. Uh, We fully anticipate that our annual Red River Shootout with Oklahoma will be played in the Cotton Bowl and are continuing to prepare for that. We know the decision to cancel the fair, blah, 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 okay? Mm -hmm. That we fully anticipate that we're going to play the Red River Shootout, okay? That's Del Conte.
1: Yeah, positive. Now, my
0: man Castiglione, I mean, he says – We understand and respect the decision made by the State Fair of Texas. Acknowledge it was an extremely difficult one. Our hope remains that we can play the OU Texas game at the Cotton Bowl. But obviously, every aspect of our season requires constant monitoring and planning. Why is he saying but? Don't say but. Just say, our hope remains that we can play the OU Texas game at the Cotton Bowl. Right. Take the but out and then just say, obviously, every aspect of our season requires constant monitoring and planning. he says, but it makes me think that suddenly, wait, 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 are we not going to play the game? Right. I'm getting a little sensitive here. I understand it. This is my Christmas. (laughs) I love Dallas. It's the Mardi Gras of Texas. I'm not okay with anything going on in 2020. Mad dog 2020, I call it. But Taylor, as of right now, the Red River shootout is still on.
1: Yes. I think you're reading a little too far into the words there a little bit. I I come
0: apart at the seams
1: a little, I think so. I think, I think we got to dial it back a little bit. I think right now, I mean, I would imagine athletic directors are doing everything they possibly can to, um, not save face, but a little bit, you know, make sure that they're not too high or too low. They have to keep, you know, the middle ground because it is still a fluid situation surrounding the upcoming college football season. And I know that athletic directors across the country want it to be played as scheduled. I mean, this is a huge, huge moneymaker for athletic departments, especially in power five um, schools, a lot of the majority of them, you know, this is a big, this would be a huge loss to not have that money. So athletic directors across the country, I, I believe are hoping and hoping and hoping. However, they can't come off too positive and then something change. And then people say, you got our hopes up, you know, you, you were saying this is going to happen. This is going to, you know, it's just kind of the semantics of how you have to handle these type of fluid situations. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I feel like he's probably just trying to, you know, um, kind of make sure that his tracks and everything that he is saying publicly and on the record, it uh, gives him a little bit of an out if, by chance, it happens where there is not a football season this fall.
0: Well, do you think it's because I I blew up these statements too big
1: Yeah. So that I'm reading them
0: too closely?
1: <laughs> so I, I got to say this. Chip, before we started recording, I hear his printer go off. I was like, what's going on? He's like, oh, I'm printing out these statements. And then he shows me them. I'm like, "How big is that font?" <laughs> so if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see how big this font is. It's got to be like 35 for chip to oh, read.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, even with my readers, I can read it. You know what I mean? There you
1: go. Yeah. <laughs> even without them, you might be able to. All right.
0: So maybe I'm reading it a little too closely. Maybe <laughs> I, I made the font too big.
1: Yeah, maybe so. It does come right. off bold when it's that big, though. I'll say that. Well,
0: <laughs> you know, so people are look. Everyone's on the ledge. I get it. We're all losing our minds. We've all lost our minds, quite honestly. We're trying to get our minds back Mm -hmm. because we've lost our minds because nothing makes sense. Everything's upside down. I don't even know what – I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is, but it's – I just need college football. Like I yeah. I know I'm being short-sighted and ridiculous and crazy, but I have to have college football, or someone's going to have to scrape me up off – the floor with a spatula and just, you know, throw me off, uh, off to the side because, uh, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. But, um, Taylor on top of the pandemic, we've got, um, you know, we've had the, the George Floyd murder, the social unrest in this country, everybody's on edge, everybody's triggered. Um, and especially at Texas where, It's not just black student athletes. It's 149 student organizations at Texas. Uh, 13,000 students have signed the petition asking the campus to make uh, changes to make the campus more inclusive. Among those uh, requests are replacing the school song, the eyes of Texas. This has got everybody on edge and and Chris Del Conte and Jay Hartzell met with the football team last month. We reported it in the Insider at length. And Jay Hartzell, who's been on the job like five minutes, taking over for Greg Fenvis as the interim president, probably doesn't know where the bathroom is in, in the tower, said to the football team, hey, give me a little time here. I got to meet with these student organizations I really want to hear from them about what is the top priorities. Because the the 149 student organizations put out a list of eight things they wanted. And first was, you know, having to do with the campus police and and that kind of thing. Seventh on the list of eight was the eyes of Texas. Mm -hmm. The black student athletes then, a few days later, put out a two-page list of uh, changes they'd like to see. Um, they said they would not participate in recruiting or donor events until they get a, uh, a commitment from the university that these changes are going to happen. Well, Hartzell's trying to meet with these student organizations. Del Conte has told the players, and he's trying to connect with them. You got to be patient. Please be patient with us. Jay Hartzell's trying to meet with these student organizations because there's a lot going on here. Well, it's clearly not moving fast enough for any of the students right now. And, um, and Demarvian Overshawn, who's, you know, a top recruit in the 2018 class. He was one of the top 10 safeties in the country. Um, he's moving to weak side linebacker this year. Um, And he did not report with the players when they came in for the voluntary workouts in June, he's still at home in East Texas and ARP. And he put out a, um, a post on social media saying, I'm not taking part in team activities. Um, he said, with that being said, until real action is taken and changes are made, I will be sitting out of all team activities. Uh, I will support my team in whatever they do, but this is something I'm very passionate about and I cannot continue to perform for a program that doesn't show me the same love and support I do for them. And so this comes after Brennan Eagles made a post saying, I'm not going to play another snap for Texas in light of everything going on. And Juwan Mitchell saying he's uncomfortable um, representing Texas right now with everything going on. So. You got all this stuff, and and DeMarvian Overshawn um, you know, doesn't have to be a part of the voluntary workouts at all. The mandatory team activities will start later this month. And I know there are conversations going on um between DeMarvian and and coaches and UT officials. And so, you know, this is also adding to the the tension and the the sort of on edge uh, feeling around the, the Texas program right now. But you just have to – I mean, if you're Chris Del Conte and Jay Hartzell, you're, you're like, wow, who who to thunk that we'd be dealing with all of this on top of uh, trying to, you know, see if we're going to even have a football season this year. So um, it's it, – people feel the way they feel. And that's all you can, it's all you can say.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that is interesting to me about it is in today's society, I feel like especially younger, the younger generation, it's about, I need action right now. And if I don't get that action right now, it means that you're not doing it. However, some of the demands and because they put them as demands, let's be honest, these were not requests, they were demands. And some of the demands that the student athletes put out there and the student organizations are not things that are decisions that should be made on the spot. They are things that are going to require research and data and how can we actually do this? And and like the policing, I don't even want to get on that, honestly. Um, I will just say this as a woman who leaves that press box sometimes after midnight and walks in the pitch dark to my car in an abandoned parking garage by that time. I won't feel comfortable being on that campus if there are not police available. Like that's just like a woman was murdered, let's not forget about this, just a few years ago, on the brutally murdered on the University of Texas campus. If you take away security from that campus, I'm not gonna feel comfortable there, I'll tell you that. I don't think you would feel comfortable if your daughter was on that campus.
0: Right, and that's, it's not, It's it, to your point, it's not something that can just be done by one person. This, no. this goes to the Regents, there's, there's all kinds of people and
1: it's a ut system it's not just the university of texas at austin right and i mean you know if if these players if they feel that passionately they don't have to play you know i think it's like do what you do what you want to do however if people don't support your stance or don't think that you're making the right decision and you're doing it maybe on a, a whim right now you can't really blame them for thinking that way when these meetings that were had were still, it was less than a month from now. I mean, they were around mid June. So, um, you know, I mean, you got to do what your heart desires. You got to follow what you believe in and And, uh, and you got to support that, but you also can't be angry if other people don't understand why you're making such a rash decision at this point.
0: Well, and to be clear, Brendan Eagles and Juwan Mitchell um, are still going through workouts and meetings. Um, even though they have indicated they're not, you know, Juwan Mitchell saying he's not comfortable representing Texas and Brennan Eagle saying he's not going to play another snap. At least they're leaving their options open and still going through the process. Anthony Cook um, has entered the transfer portal, uh, highly recruited cornerback. There's some personal stuff going on there.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's a separate situation. Right. DeMarvian
0: and everybody. And I was going to say there's some personal stuff with DeMarvian too. Now that's not public, but his family, I mean, I reported this at, uh, uh, in the morning brew, uh, this week at horns 24 seven that, um, you know, he's helping his family right now. He's taking a job out there. I don't think his family's real comfortable with him going back to campus right now, uh, during the pandemic. And that's how they feel mm-hmm. now where will things be when the mandatory team activities start later this month that'll be the the real indication um if he's not back with the team at that point then then he's probably you know you got a plan for him not to be a part of things going forward um and then you know another door will open for a guy like marcus tillman or david benda uh two guys the coaches are very high on, you know, fast, violent strikers. And, and Chris Ash is, <laughs> is trying to get to know these guys. I mean, he right. hasn't even – and still, Taylor, the, the players and the coaches are still not in the same room together. They're still doing Zoom stuff because right now the players are only around the strength staff um, for these voluntary workouts. So that's the other dynamic here. Is that you've got? Um, because of the pandemic, the players are not in the football world that they're used to. They're at home. I mean, Demarvin Overshawn's at home with his family. Well, That's who he's hearing them. from.
1: Not all of them. Are not home. all of them. Yeah.
0: I mean, Demarvin's the only one who's not with the uh, with you know his teammates on campus going through voluntary workouts, but f- throughout the pandemic. Um, until they got to campus in June for the voluntary workouts, they were with their families. They were not under the culture and, you know, mindset of football coaches and tutors and the way they are normally. Right. And so that's also, um, and with all the social unrest going on, that's played a factor. They don't, and, and student athletes are more empowered than they've ever been. I mean, look what happened at Oklahoma State last Friday. Mike Gundy's taking a million dollars less. He, has, he And according to Mike Holder, these were his ideas now. Believe that if you want. He's taking a million dollars less. He's taking less guaranteed money, and he took a year off his contract. He also lowered the money it would take to buy him out of his contract. Read into that how you will. But, you know, that all, that all came about because Chuba Hubbard – his star running back two late nation's leading Russia ran for 2000 yards last year, went on social media and said, I'm, I'm done until there are changes. And, you know, I've never seen student athletes so empowered as we're seeing them right now. So, you know, to Marvin Overshawn, again, uh, you know, your thoughts Taylor. Cause I said, if, if he's not back um, for the mandatory team activities, then, you know, he's, you, you probably move on.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, he's got to do what he feels is right, what he believes. And if this is something that he feels passionate about, then, you know, I can't fault him for this at all. For Texas, you know, as it as it um, in terms of depth and all of that, I mean, Demarvian Overshawn doesn't have a starting role right now. He would be having to earn it. And Demarvian Overshawn, from everything I've been told, he's never finished a football season without an injury that kept him out of games. So I'm not sure how reliable he would be if he was the starting linebacker unless, and I hope he would, you know, you never want to see players get injured, but going back to the first time you ever played high school football, the first season up until your red shirt, well, he's a redshirt sophomore, I believe, right? Right. Yeah. So up to your third year of college, you've never finished a football season without missing games because of injury. I mean, how, how reliable is that? So in terms of the depth, I'm not, I don't think it's a huge loss for Texas at this point, if he does not return. And I'm not saying that as a slight to him, Um, you know, he hasn't had a huge opportunity to really start for Texas yet. We still haven't seen exactly what he um, can bring to the table Consistently, reliably, or just in general. So, um, in terms of now, it doesn't. It doesn't help that it happens at linebacker. That's a that's a position for Texas that already is lacking some key depth. There's a lot of questions there. It was a problem last year. The linebacker play was a huge reason why the defense struggled. Huge reason why some of the you know the corners were on islands a lot of times that weren't getting pressure on the quarterback. A lot the middle of the field was open. You know, Joseph Osai was playing out of position to try to fill the gap and it's just was a recipe for disaster. So that's that's one area that I think is is a concern for Texas. But overall, I mean if DeMarvian Overshawn does not return to the team when mandatory workouts start, I think it's next man up.
0: Right. His DeMarvian Overshawn was all about the upside. He's a freak. I mean, he's six four, he's two twenty. He's drawn some comparisons to Isaiah Simmons at Clemson, who I mean, I don't, I'm not yeah. saying Overshawn can run a sub four four.
1: But he's, to... but he's
0: long and he's fast and he's a striker. And the upside was from exciting.
1: Hear, from what we hear
0: yeah. Right. Well, he's made some plays, but not a lot. I mean, yeah. he had 18 tackles last year. He had an interception. He had some, you know, tackles for loss, a couple of sacks. But um, you know, he's a he's a A kid who's got a lot on his plate. We hope the best for him and life is happening in 2020. There's no doubt about that. So, um, Taylor, uh, you had a story, uh, in the inside. Well, the same day, the insider, uh, comes out about Tori Teckle, whose name is probably not familiar to a ton of Texas fans, but, um, tell us about Tori Teckle and how she's leaving Texas.
1: Yes, so I reported last week um, that Tori Teckel, she's the director of football operations, came to Texas with Tom Herman, worked at Houston for about five years, um, both for Tony Levine and then also for Tom Herman at Houston. But she has accepted and moved into a role at Kansas as the assistant athletic director for football operations. And a lot of people don't know her name but because she's a behind the scenes type of person, but her value is huge. I mean, she is the reason why they can get recruits to come to campus. She schedules the visits. She schedules players, you know, the team travel for games. She handles the, uh, you know, academics with the tutors and uh, with compliance and all of that. She puts on all of the clinics that Texas does. She is literally the glue behind the scenes for Texas football. And some people, you know, brushed off as, okay, well, you know, it's just an administrative type of role, but it would be similar. I'll say similar. I'm not comparing it exactly. It's if let's say Texas lost Brian Carrington. The only difference is Tori Teckel doesn't make herself publicly, you know, known for her efforts behind the scenes, but this is a big loss. Um, but from what I was able to gather, it is a promotion for her. She gets the assistant athletic director title now at Kansas. So she'll be, um, a part of Les Miles' staff, but, um, this is a big role that Tom Herman now is going to have to fill.
0: Yeah. I mean, she is, I mean, the players, uh, have a healthy respect for Tori. She they is call her
1: mama T like, yeah, I mean, like she's like her mom there. Basically
0: she's tough and direct and doesn't put up with anything, but she's also someone who gets a lot done. I yeah. mean, um, and, and look, there's a comfort level for Tom Herman with Tori, as you said, she was with him. Um, well, she was with, uh, Tony Levine at Houston before Herman got there. And, uh, and then he brought her to Texas. So, um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting nuance for Tom. I mean, in addition to seven new assistant coaches, he's now, uh, part of his inner circle. Um, he's got to go find someone who can, you know, handle all the the stuff that Tori handled for, uh, for the program. So that was yeah, a good, uh, that was a good story last week. Nice, nice work by you, Taylor.
1: Thank you. I thought it was funny when I tweeted it out. Our guy uh, Tim Crowder, who was a recent guest on the flagship podcast, he responded and he was like, "Whoa, this is a big loss for Texas. Tori is the nicest, meanest person I've ever met <laughs> in my entire life," and that's a great definite. You know, she's the she instills the fear into these players. Like get your act together. You know, don't, she's not somebody that the players really want to disappoint. So this is going to be a big role that Tom Herman has to fill ahead of such a substantial season for him.
0: Nicest, meanest person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that says it all though.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Kind of what every parent should be, right?
1: Oh yeah.
0: as the nicest, meanest person. Yep. Um. All right, so look, As part of the new format for the flagship podcast, uh, you'll get the interview on Monday. And then, as we said, you'll get Taylor and I kicking around the hot headlines in Longhorn Land on Wednesdays. So, Taylor, we're moving right in to Love It or Leave It.
1: Well, before we get to Love It or Leave It, we are going to take a very, very short break. And I mean very short. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right, Chip. So I have, as part of our weekly segment every week, uh, I'm going to throw some statements at you. I need you to say either you love it or leave it and give your explanation to that. So with that, I'm going to start off with some football topics here. The Ivy League is expected to announce Wednesday that they will move football to the spring. Love it or leave it. This will impact the Power Five's decision about the upcoming football season.
0: Okay. Okay. My sister went to Princeton. My dad went to Princeton. There are a couple of intellectuals. I don't know what happened to me. You to but <laughs>
1: as
0: much as I love the Ivy League and all that it, you know, all that swanky highbrow education, I am leaving this Okay. because we're talking about separate worlds now. I know people are like, wait a minute, the Ivy league was the first to go online with classes. And then everyone went online with classes when the pandemic hit. Absolutely. And that was great on the Ivy league's part. But when we talk about football, they don't have the money, the resources to handle the testing and everything else that is, well, they, they do. They just don't have it in their athletic budget. They'd have to go get it from somewhere else. And it's, Football they're Division three, mm-hmm. nothing against Division three, but it's it's just not the same priority in terms of funding the entire athletic budget uh, that it is at a power five school right and there's some argument I've been talking to athletic directors every day to see how this thing is changing, and at first, I mean we reported early on that spring was definitely an option for football. Um, but as we've gotten, you know, more information and we realize that the best way we're going to coexist with COVID-19, uh, which is what we're gonna have to do until there's a, a vaccine, um, is we, we have to each individually be responsible, wear our masks, socially distance, and then encourage others who are not wearing their masks to put on their mask, mm-hmm. especially the young ones. I got a 17 year old. I got to constantly like, Hey, the mask. Yeah. I know there, everyone wants to mingle, you know, the teenagers, the college students, it's hard to mingle when you're wearing a mask. I get it. <laughs> but this is, this is what we're going to have to do, um, to a, just function as a society and B if we want any kind of, uh, football season and several athletic directors, Taylor, I'll, I'll leave it on this have said, there's no assurance that it's going to be better in the spring. Right. You know, what if there's a second wave or what we can't just assume that it's going to be better. Um, you know, we, we have to coexist with it and we need to, to everyone be disciplined in, you know, taking the precautions to keep this thing from spreading.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm going to leave this one as well for, basically is the exact same reasons that you said. I mean, Ivy League is so, so, so much different. I mean, that's comparing apples and oranges compared to Power Five or Division I college football. Um, You know, they would have to essentially probably go into their academic resources in order to provide the adequate testing and everything that they would need for football departments. And I don't think the payoff for those schools would really be, um, make it worth it to kind of take a loan from universities because of, you know, the draws just not as, as substantial. And that's not a knock on any Ivy league football players. You know, I think it's a great opportunity for some players to be able to get such an amazing, um, you know, uh, degree from an Ivy league school plus be able to play football, but it's just not the same in any part of the world as what power five or division one college football is. So I agree with you. I'm going to leave that one. Um, Now I'm going to go to a volleyball question, actually, Chip. So Texas volleyball is leaving the best home court advantage on campus by moving games from Gregory Gym to the Irwin Center in an effort to social distance. Love it or leave this decision.
0: Well, it is the best home court advantage on campus. If you've been to a volleyball game at Gregory, it's 4,000 screaming fans on concrete bleachers so the sound just reverberates in there and it's it's great atmosphere but good for volleyball good for chris Del conte to move into the larger more expansive more socially distance friendly irwin center um, where volleyball did used to play back in the day mm-hmm. so i'm loving this it's part of mad dog 2020 but it's the right thing to do and I'm all about the the student athletes having their experience. I mean, they work and train so hard for these seasons. And, and my goodness, I mean, we've talked about softball and how they were probably on the verge of winning the national champion or at least competing at the College World Series. The men's tennis team was a favorite to repeat as national champions. That's all gone. Now those players are moving on. And, you know, it's it's just a huge part of their college experience. Now, as fans... We love to watch it too, but I'm about these student athletes having the opportunity to to compete. And if it's the right thing to do, and it is to be in a socially distanced uh, situation, then I'm loving this.
1: Yeah, and, and the reality is, they could always change it back if something changed, or you know, there was a vaccine or something along those lines were to come about. I mean, I agree with you. Um, it is a great atmosphere. The volleyball team is going to probably lose that atmosphere substantially. However, um, as you mentioned, I mean, these student athletes, they train so hard in addition to having the full academic load as well. So I think it's important that their seasons be played if possible and if it's safe for those to be played. So if it's not in the normal setting, then, you know, fans can suck it up and, go to the Irwin Center, just right down the road. It's not that big of a difference. So I agree with you. I'm going to love this decision. And I do love that they're making this decision because it makes, gives me a little bit more hope about fall sports. You know, it's not, they don't know what their plan is for volleyball games. And we just know it's not going to be at Gregory Gym. It's okay, we're going to move this so that we can proceed with the planned season. So I I like that part of it too.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you.
1: All right, so let's uh, move back to football here, Chip. Love it or leave it, Texas will lead the Big 12 in both sacks and turnover margin in
0: 2020. Ooh. Wow. Okay, so the most returning sacks, believe it or not, even without Neville Gallimore and Kenneth Murray um, in the Big 12 is OU. Um, They've got uh, Ronnie Perkins. They've they've got – um, you know, they had guys with like six sacks on on the on the on the defense. And so and Texas wasn't really close to leading the league in sacks last year. Now, Joseph Osai is gonna play near the line of scrimmage, Taekwondo. Grant, the, the defensive linemen are gonna be able to get upfield under Chris Ash. Whereas before they were just opening lanes for blitzers, and that's part of the reason that Tom Herman is is getting you know, made the move to from Todd Orlando to Chris Ash. So all that being said, Taylor, I'm going to leave this from this aspect. I don't know that Texas will lead the big 12 in sacks, but I think they very well could lead the league in turnover margin. They were second in turnover margin last year to Baylor. Baylor's defense was filthy. It was crazy. They basically shut out Texas in that game in Waco um and everyone you talk to, I mean, I've talked to the Big Twelve coaches this spring. Chris Kleiman's like there was nobody playing defense any better than Baylor last year. And I'm talking about teams in the playoff. I mean, that's how efficient Baylor was on defense last year. Now, the good news for Texas fans is that Baylor has like two starters back on on defense.
1: <laughs> and a whole new um, coaching staff, too. And a whole new
0: coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So uh and Phil Snow is now with the Carolina Panthers with Matt Rule. So Um, but I like Texas's playmakers all over the field. I like the experience now at corner, you know, Deshaun Jameson had three interceptions last year. I think Jalen Green uh, is going to be a much better player this year. I liked what he was doing before he got hurt. You know, you got so much depth and experience at safety with, with Caden Stearns, Chris Brown, BJ Foster, and then Joseph Osai up front and Marquez Bimich. I just think, We're sleeping on Marquez Bimage. I love this kid's film coming out of Brenham. He's got explosive ball get off. He got heavier to play the four-eye. He's lost that weight so that he can be a pass rusher again. And um, I think think Texas is going to get pressure on the quarterback. They may not get the sacks. They're going to get pressure, and it's going to lead to turnovers. So I'm going to leave it on the twofer, but I think that Texas – does uh, lead the big 12 in turnover margin.
1: Okay. You forgot about somebody, my guy, Josh Thompson, uh, in that secondary. Yeah,
0: Josh Thompson.
1: Yeah, he was able to redshirt last season because he went down with an injury, a season-ending injury against Oklahoma State, where he was still able to keep a medical redshirt. He had never redshirted. He's somebody that I think a lot of people are overlooking in the secondary or have forgotten about. But I think Josh could be poised for a big year. Um, I do, I'm going to also leave this, but i think I'm going to leave both of these. Now, Texas has so much talent in that secondary and last year, I think a lot of people expected it to be just absolutely filthy. And then it was totally decimated with injuries. I mean, my goodness, there was one game where, well, didn't Tyler Owens start at like corner or no. Oh,
0: yeah. Against. Like, TCU.
1: Yeah. And he's a yeah, safety He and <laughs>
0: started at safety against TCU.
1: Okay, I thought he played corner in that game, too. Or maybe it was Kenyatta Watson. I forget. Yeah,
0: Kenyatta Watson. I
1: mean, yeah, it was just one of those. Like, that was how, how bruised and battered that secondary is. Um, I do think it could be a possibility. Just with, you know, it being, there being a new defensive scheme, new coaches, except for one on that side of the ball, I really think that it's probably too early for me to say that they will lead the conference in either of those. Now, I don't think it's out of the question. Um, But it's going to be a matter of how quickly Texas can really grasp what Chris Ash and the defensive coaches are doing, how well they respond to the new coaching style, especially without having spring football or much time around these coaches on the field. So I'm going to leave that one.
0: Okay. All right.
1: All right. So our final one for you, Chip, love it or leave it. Our fastest growing Longhorns podcast audience will love having two episodes of the flagship podcast to look forward to on Mondays and Wednesdays, starting next week.
0: Oh, they're going to love this. <laughs> I'm loving it. They're going to love it. I mean, our audience, which is growing by thousands by the week, because everybody's finding out about this uh, podcast. I mean, we have so much fun on this show and bring the, the infotainment that they're going to love it. I mean, more flagship podcast, not less, more. Mondays and Wednesdays, the interviews on Mondays, the banter, the just outrageously intelligent witty banter that you and I share on Wednesdays. Come on. This is a love, love, love situation. So everybody set their reminder in their phone or better yet subscribe to the, the, all the podcasts at uh, horns 24 seven and the 247 sports YouTube channel. Subscribe to that so that you can see us having all this fun in addition to listening to us having all this fun.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Taylor? I agree. I mean, how could I not agree? I mean, this is, you're just getting more, more uh, bang for your buck. Well, not even for your buck. It's free to listen to these. We're not charging for <laughs> podcasts. So, yeah, I think this it's is free. A great exactly. It's, I think it's a great move. I think that Chip does such a great job with his interviews, um, with our guests, we have such an expansive type of Rolodex, essentially extensive Rolodex, uh, between all of our contacts that we have. So, you know, I think, I think pulling the interview portions, an awesome, uh, new feature and cause our interviews are, are great. I mean, let's be honest, you know, I think that they can stand alone for sure. So I think this is a great thing. I think that Texas fans and Fans of the flagship podcast, both audio and the YouTube version, are really going to enjoy this.
0: Absolutely. All right, so there you have it. Get over to uh, iTunes, uh, throw down that five-star rating. I mean, let's 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 do this together. Let's tell our bosses that um, that you appreciate this, and you know we appreciate it yes. if you do that. And uh, and then subscribe like crazy at Horns twenty four seven at the twenty four seven sports, uh, YouTube channel. And, uh, and until next week, I'm just going to say the offspring of miracle, Met,
1: not the son,
0: Rod <laughs> Gasper. She's no longer the son of Rod <laughs> Gasper, even though
1: he is you know. three of those so. <laughs>
0: T-bone cause she's tomboy. And she used to beat up every other girl on the soccer field. Um, for Taylor Estes, managing editor of horns, 24, seven, I'm chip Brown. We'll see you Monday on the Flagship Podcast and Wednesday starting next week. Uh, Stay safe and keep the faith, everybody. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition.